United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good day. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. My name is Nelson Strobert, and my guest today is Father Andrew Durbage, who is the rector of St. Luke, St. Matthew Episcopal Church in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. Thank you, Nelson. That's wonderful to be here with you. Oh, it, it's, I'm so happy that you're able to take time uh, to have this conversation. And uh, it's a special conversation, at least for me, in that uh, you just recently returned from an interesting journey or trip. That is, you were on the Camino de Santiago. And uh, for our listening audience, just what is the Camino de Santiago? So the, uh, the very basic English translation is the Way of St. James. Um, the Cathedral at Santiago is the resting place of what is thought to be St. James, the relics of St. James. And so it's a pilgrimage uh, to, the, to the Cathedral in Santiago from various places in Europe. Okay. Um, I've heard over many years, uh, um, many people, uh, uh, particularly uh, practicing Christians, taking this walk. What motivated you to take this journey? I'd heard about this walk uh, over the years, and I was always interested in in pilgrimages. And I've been to you know Jerusalem and um, the Holy Land with uh, seminary colleagues, and um, I've been through in um, this Celtic way up in Scotland, going out to Holy Island, and so this was just one that I was very interested in, and I had. Um, planned a sabbatical and I had to plan out what I was going to do. And so in conversation with uh, my family, we were going to use this as a, as a family reunion. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and um, how does this, uh, I, I should say, uh, how did you prepare for this walk? Um, lots of walking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess uh, you have to build up to this. <laughs> you do have to build up. And and the thing I learned is you've got to try your shoes out. You've got to try what socks work with your shoes. Um, so my preparation was essentially doing long walks in Brooklyn and uh, and across into Manhattan. Like I tried to I tried to map out routes that were, you know, in the 10 to 15 mile range. Um, which was a little bit difficult <laughs> in a place like this to get through um, right. you know, different areas over bridges and stuff like that to, uh, to actually get the miles in. So, so just lots of walking, basically. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, may I ask, uh, uh, did you figure out ahead of time the number of miles that you would walk each day? Well, in um, the way we set the... Um, set up our, our journey was that my sister and her husband live in England and they do lots of walking holidays around Europe. And so they used a travel company that specialized in walking holidays. And so the route that we chose, which was called the, the uh, Portuguese way, which starts in Lisbon and walk and goes up the Portuguese coast and then crosses into Spain. Um, so this company had actually uh, a way already mapped out that starts from the border of Portugal and Spain at a, at a town called Tui. And so we we went on that trip and it's like a self-guided walking trip. Um, and so that was about, a, 
it was about 100 kilometres, 105 kilometres or something. You had to do 100 kilometres to qualify as that you actually went on the, the pilgrimage to get the a credential stamp uh, and when you got to the end. So um, so that was the one we went on. But there's there's other ones that come in from, you know, um, France, I said, which are, are much longer. Right. Um, I heard that the Portuguese way is, uh, I guess, one of the second most popular or the most popular uh, route that people have taken over the years. Yeah, I think it's the most popular because it's just very accessible and it's the shortest route. Oh, okay. Um, when you say shortest route, uh, how many miles are you talking about? Well, from where from where we went, um, it's it was 100 kilometers, so it was six, 60 miles directly. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you do all sorts of meandering and side trips and things like that. So we ended up doing about a about 100 miles. So it was like 160 kilometers. But if you come up from Lisbon, that adds like another 100 kilometers onto it. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned uh, you did side trips. I, uh, I guess my image is that there's this, th- these roads uh, f- from various parts that uh, <clears throat> uh, that end at one place. But um, uh, are there um, hotels or do you go through towns? Uh, what is it like? So yeah, you basically go town to town, and uh, depending on how many miles you want to do, um, you know, sort of dictates how far you can go. Um, we were doing hotels to hotels and then there would be a luggage service that would take our main luggage to the next hotel. Um, and so we were just having our day packs. But there was lots of people that were going, um, you know, they had their full packs. They were staying in youth hostels or, you know, some other sort of accommodation. Oh, okay. And, and uh, you know, would just walk as long as they wanted to and then stop. Um, but we we took the sort of more luxurious route. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, uh, that that's that saves your energy for walking, though. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, uh, and as you reflect on uh, on the, on on this pilgrimage, um, what were your personal objectives uh, before uh, before going? Um. Really, it's for me. It was just about um, the meditation of walking and and finding the finding closeness with the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a just in the in the days that we walked. It took me a few days to get into it. Um, in a in a way, sort of leaving behind all of the um, you know the just the the stresses and strains and you know the things you right worry about you know all that, all that sort of baggage that we carry around every day mm-hmm. um and so so my main objective was to shed that and to get into just into the silence of walking um but it did it took a few days because you know you're walking along roads and you're walking along sidewalks and laneways and then you get further out into walking on trails in the woods and things like that. So it took me a few days, a couple of days. I would say, I, I was uh, thinking of that. It, it was, a, it, you needed to have a, or there was a period of adjustment, you know, after flying over and uh, and just reorienting uh, yourself to the process. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, it, did, it took two full days. And what I found to get, to get into that that place, that space of, of um, just you know listening to your feet on the gravel, that's that sort of meditative right. part of what I love about pilgrimages. 
um, I needed to walk by myself. So I needed to sort of leave my sister and my brother <laughs> behind. And, uh, and, you know, like we'd meet people in, in, in that we all, there's, you know, there's lots of people walking on the trip. So you meet people and talk with them, but I needed to sort of get out there by myself. So, um, and walk at the pace that, um, that was natural to me, right? Which which helps get into the meditative sort of state, which I find is the the, the real state that I want to get into when I do something like this. Right now, as you said, you know, to get into that meditative state, um, did you also have with you uh, any type of literature, uh, prayer book, etc., or did you, or were you really concentrating on your own inner um, inner peace or inner reflection? Yeah, I was really concentrating on my inner reflection. My my sister and a brother-in-law, because they do this all the time, they had the what they call the root notes, which is the travel company gives them this very detailed set of root notes, which gives you all of the you know where to turn and what sign to follow. It's very well signposted though. Okay. Anyway, so mm-hmm. you, you know, once I once I learned how the signs worked, I didn't really need them to tell me exactly where to go. Right. Um, and so you know, it was just a it was just a matter of getting out there and getting into it. Oh, okay. Uh, the other thing you mentioned, uh, uh, while you're walking, yeah, you wanted to uh, be alone in, in, in your walking, but you mentioned that there are other people who are doing this pilgrimage as well. And um, did you meet any others who were ha- having uh, similar objectives, that is in terms of their own spiritual growth and, and, uh, and development? Um, you know, I didn't. I, because I didn't really talk to a lot of people on the on the trail because I was trying to be in a place, you know, of um, solidarity or, or right. not solidarity, but um, you know, just solitude. In my own space. Yes. Solitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and but but you know, at either end, the beginning and end, I would we would talk to other other um, people that were either staying in the hotel or you know in restaurants or something like that that were on the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of people that were just walking it for the sake of. A walking a walking trip. Ah, um, okay. A lot of a lot of people just do it because it's something to do, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to doing it as as a religious sort of experience. But what I found when when I, at the end when you get into uh, uh, Santiago itself and the cathedral there has a pilgrims mass um, twice a week. Okay. And it was there that I really saw the powerful impact. Of people achieving the, you know, coming to the end of the pilgrimage, just in how they were, how they reacted. Could you um, could you elaborate on that? Yeah, so um, we went. We, we got there on a Wednesday, and then the pilgrimage mass was like six o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a Roman Catholic church, so um, but you know, the it's a beautiful big cathedral, and and um, you know, lots of people there, uh, and. There was a, you know, the the priest gave a sermon, but which was in Spanish, but so I didn't understand it. But when when it came, when the communion happened, and when it came came time for people to go up and receive, there yeah. was lots of people that I saw were were crying or in tears as they went up to to receive I communion. See. Huh. Um, and so it just show, you know, just it's one of those things that just sort of sends chills through you. You know, you sort of get the sense that the spirit's right there and and has really impacted these people's lives just either in the sense that they've accomplished something right um and and it's, but it has for me it was 
that they had really been on a holy pilgrimage and that they achieved it. And, you know, there was just this sort of release of emotions at the end. Right. Okay. Uh, and uh, my, which uh, I'd like to ask you now, uh, how do you think or how do you feel after being away uh, uh, from that place for several weeks? Uh, how do you feel that this pilgrimage changed you if it did at all? I think it just reinforced to me um, that I need to find more of those times of of walking in silence. You know, living here in Brooklyn, it's a loud, noisy place. <laughs> right. So when you're out when you're out on the streets, you know, you're just bombarded with noise and you know cars and just all sorts of things. And it's it's very hard. I find it's very hard to to just get into a place of of peace and solitude exactly um, so you know I, I can go down and sit in in the church and you know and, and that and i find it there but but it's not as it just it's not as um it doesn't uh resonate with me as much as what i find when i'm walking on a beach and you know just listening to the waves or walking on these gravel paths you know this is the meditation sort of side of it doesn't seem is not there when i'm just sitting in the church which is, and that's what i really love about this mm. Right. Yeah. It's it's I, in in city in city life. It's very uh, difficult to find solitude while walking yeah. with uh, yeah. thousands of people, hundreds of people on the sidewalk, and and cars uh, cars yeah. moving about, etc. Yeah. So I I tend to the way I try and do it here is I go out onto Long Island. There's beaches out there. Oh yeah. Which which are in state parks, and so I go out there and I'll either have a run on the beach or a walk on the beach, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that that to me is sort of like being in heaven. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So this is heaven. This is great. This is all I need. Indeed, indeed. And as I said, you are uh, the rector uh, at at Saint Luke, uh, Saint Matthew. Uh, as you reflect on your time away and during doing this pilgrimage, uh, how do you think it might affect you in parish ministry? What I would like to do is to offer the opportunity to our parishioners um, to join me either on some sort of some, you know, um, something here in the US or to put it put together a travel group and and, you know, either go to go to there or go up to Scotland to do the Celtic way or something like that. Oh, OK. Um, and give give the opportunity to others to sort of, um, you know, also do that, get 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 that sort of experience deepen their own spiritual lives oh, oh indeed and, and and i guess my follow-up to that is uh how did the parish react to uh you're describing uh, uh this uh trip uh i don't want to call it a vacation um uh, but uh, but your time away uh doing do, doing the pilgrimage i mean they, they they reacted very positively when um initially um proposed doing this trip as part of my sabbatical and, and we were going for a grant funding. So we spent a bit of time with the grant committee talking about what this meant. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we didn't get the grant and so on, and then dates and things changed, um, you know, they were very interested in, and I wrote about it in my newsletter and um, and just when I came back, you know, just debriefing with, right. with a lot of the parishioners or those that were interested anyway, mm -hmm. um, were, were very interested in doing something similar. 
Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah. good, good, good. Um, uh, I th- uh, the other uh, question I have is, um, what in your opinion would be the benefits of anyone walking uh, the Camino de Santiago, uh, whether religious or non-religious? I think it's it's just um, it's just going and walking a route that thousands and thousands of people over centuries have walked. There's there's just something about it. I think if you can get into that state of recognizing this that it's an historic religious pilgrimage route, and trying to enter into that spirit, there's a huge benefit that comes to you from that. I think it's really about about um, exploring your own spirituality and getting into a place where you can just be more open to that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. And, and, and in our hectic life, uh, whether one's in a city or, 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 yeah. or a rural area or a suburb, uh, we, we live a hectic lives and we don't have, we don't have this opportunity to, to, uh, to meditate uh, and and and, yeah. and and develop our own spirituality. Yeah, that's right. And and so we have to be very deliberate about it. Um, you know, we're so overstimulated in the cities, and unless we unless we get really deliberate about taking time out and finding ways to to enter into that um, that state meditative state, then you know it's very hard to do. I think I find in the city it's very hard to do it unless you're really deliberate. Right, right, indeed. Uh, now you've been, uh, you've been, uh, taken the, the the road to Santiago. Um, are there other places that you have in mind for your next uh, for your next trip, or in in terms of this uh, uh, pilgrimage and spirituality, I would call it. Yeah, so I think the next one I'd like to do is is the Celtic Way up in. Uh, that sort of traces the route um, from uh, Iona, which is an island on the um, on the west coast of of Scotland, across to Lindisfarne, which is Holly Island on the east coast, off the east coast of, of Scotland, or off the east coast of Northern England. Of, um, mm-hmm. And um, and I'd re- so I'd really like to do that. And I, I've the company that I went with on this time, they they do something along those lines, but it's also something you can plan yourself. Um, so, and a couple of priest friends of mine did it maybe four or five years ago. So, that's the next thing to explore. Okay. Well, it's it sounds good, and it also sounds exciting. Uh, yes, <laughs> it really does. Oh, but I, I I should also say it also sounds tiring. Uh, you must have been exhausted at the uh, at each stretch along the way. Yeah, it takes it takes two or three days for your legs to actually adjust to doing you know, the walking. Um, we built in a few rest days, um, just so we weren't walking every day. Oh, okay. Um, which which helped a lot. And um, but you know, none of us um, none of us got like blisters on our feet. None of us were sort of <laughs> disabled in any way um, by the actual walking. So we were, we were all well sort of well prepared, and that that made a big difference. Oh, that's very good to hear. Yeah. I can't believe that our time is up, but uh, I want to thank you for sharing. Uh, your your time on the road uh, to Santiago or or uh, Camino de Santiago or the Way of Saint James. Uh, my guest today has been Father Andrew Durbich, and we've been talking about 
his uh, pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago. Thank you for being with us on the Seminary Explorers, uh, Father Andrew. Thanks very much for having me, Nelson. Okay. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.